This is the Sibling Library Podcast. You will know when to start listening when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Good day, lovely listeners. Welcome to the Sibling Library Podcast, where we read, share, and repeat. I'm Megan. I'm Julia. And I'm Katie. Welcome to our ninth chapter. Is this our ninth chapter? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Time is flying. Nine We're almost in double digits. Nine months. We could have, one of us could have. No, No, let's not go there. Um, So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about little free libraries. But first, yay, but first we have a little game to play um, for our roundup and I have to find the page, but we're going to be playing um, a bookish version of Would You Rather? And this is from a list that Um, We found online, and if you are interested in playing it, you can Google the ultimate list of 100-plus would-you-rather questions for book lovers. And it's on the website Hidden in the Stacks. Um, And my favorite part about this website is the little subtitle underneath it. It says, The ranting and raving of someone lost in the book stacks. Do not send help. Mm -hmm. So. I think it's a blog, somebody's blog. Cute. So, yeah. So we're going to be going through three questions, but as the title says, there are over 100 on this list. So if you're interested in playing, there is plenty more fun to be had than what we're going to be doing here. Not that this won't be fun. This will be fun. All right. Um, so how do we want to do this? Do we want to I'll read the question and then go around? Or do we want to I'll read the question and then all of us say our answer at the same time and then explain? I don't think we should ever talk at the same time. I... <laughs> <laughs> that would <Okay>. be difficult. <laughs> okay. So then we'll go um, I'll read the question. Then Julia will give her answer. Then Katie. Then me. Okay. Perfect. And you have to give an answer and why. Okay. Question one. Would you rather have a friend who loses your books or one who dog ears them? Julia? I would rather have a friend that dog ears books because heaven knows I want my stuff back. (laughs) I'm a very selective lender. (laughs) that is very accurate about julia i could have told you that would be her answer katie what's your answer i would also choose a friend that dog ears i think i'd rather have my stuff back and i'm not super particular about i mean i like to try to keep my things nice but it wouldn't really bother me if someone dog eared a book that i lent to them depending on the type of book if it was a graphic novel I might be a little peeved, but, mm-hmm. you know, just a regular novel or, or nonfiction type book, I wouldn't mind. But still probably a little peeved. Mm, not as peeved <laughs> as Julia would be. <laughs> just doesn't lay as flat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely agree with both of you guys. I don't personally, well, I try not to dog ear my books if I don't have 
any possible piece of paper to shove in a book, I might dog ear my own. There is always something to shove in a book. (laughs) There's always a better option. That's true. Horrified by some of the things we find in library books. I can only imagine. Yeah. Well, I was going to say. Band aids. Used. Oh. Those are in kids' books. That actually leads me to a question. So when I was thinking about doing this roundup, I was going to, before I, you know, did the smart thing and Googled to see if somebody had already made a list, I was trying to make a list. And I could only, the only would you rather question I could think of was, would you rather find a smushed bug in a library book or a boogie? I have found both. (laughs) Both equally disturbing. (laughs) I found a scab in one once. How do you know it was a scab? It just appeared to be, I don't know, it, it could have been any number of things, but that's what it looked like. <laughs> I will say, based on my reaction to both, I would rather a bug, because they're usually stuck in there. The boogie fell out. Oh. I, like, I, have, I am done with this book. I returned it the next day. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, yeah, I agree. I would rather the bug too. I mean, unless it was like a giant tarantula, that would be again. That that book would definitely, yeah. (laughs) 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 You wouldn't pick that book up, you know. (laughs) It'd have like a little foot sticking out, and absolutely, oh, gross. Okay, question two. Would you rather read a book where the page was missing or a book where the author doesn't know the difference between there, there, and there? T-H-E-R-E, T-H-E-I-R, and T-H-Y apostrophe R-E. So a book where a page was missing. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) English teacher. Mm -hmm. I can fill in the blanks if there's a page missing. I'm the opposite like yeah I'd be annoyed but at least I would know what my grammar the correct grammar would be Um, but if I'm missing a page suppose it's like a pivotal page like it could be one sentence that is like the (gasps) part of a book it could be on that page you'd be okay with missing that well I mean it would leave more to the imagination I don't want it to be left to my imagination <laughs> julia is the completionist yes, yes true. that is true katie uh, i find both equally frustrating I, I this was a hard one the and my question around the question was it says the page not a page it says the page <laughs> So it's the the page that makes you go (gasps) the page. page. Yeah. Makes me think it's like the the important. Yeah. This is where you find out that Darth Vader is Luke Walker's sky, sky father, sky father, Skywalker's (laughs) father. (laughs) That's what you get for putting that spoiler on this show. If you don't know that. (laughs) Come on. So, yeah, I I don't know if I had to answer, I probably would say the same as Julia in terms of the grammar piece. I I don't think I'm not I'm not a grammar Nazi. Yeah, it would be irritating. And if that were the case, it probably 
wouldn't be that great of a book if it wasn't edited well enough to, to figure that out. So, yeah. I'm not surprised to hear if Megan actually says she doesn't mind missing a page because of the three of us, she's the only one that actually has written stories. So she so probably she, could yeah. write the story and and have that <gasps> moment on her own. Well. I haven't written in a very long time and I haven't been published. Like you're making it sound like I, yeah. Anyway, but yes, thank you. You have a creative brain. Yes, I do. Especially when I'm sleeping, which we've talked about, but yeah. Okay. Question number three, would you rather read a book that gave you a paper cut on every page or a book that had tiny, tiny text? Itty bitty teeny tiny text. Itty bitty bitty unicorn text. Give me that <laughs> tiny tiny text because my first ever real job was a file clerk. Katie and I became yep. file clerks at the same time. I don't miss those paper cuts. Get out of here, books that give you paper cuts. That's the worst. <laughs> As a Get librarian, do you do you in- do you encounter <laughs> books like that? Paper cut books? Yeah. No. Like how- <laughs> <laughs> paper cut books? Like there's an actual thing. I was getting excited no. to hear about this. Like <laughs> no. I've I've gotten paper cuts. I just we it's a horrible pain. I don't want. Yes, I I would agree with that. I would rather the tiny tiny text. There are magnifying glasses. Mm-hmm. I have I have twenty twenty vision so far that may not always be the case but you can always get you know magnifying reading glasses paper cuts are just annoying Mm -hmm. and plus you just get blood everywhere oh would you rather find blood in a book absolutely not (laughs) get out of here paper cut books (laughs) (laughs) what's your answer meg Oh, I forgot I didn't answer. Um, I think that one's pretty obvious. Yeah, just the tiny, tiny text. I mean, who doesn't want to get a magnifying glass and look like Harriet the Spy? Or Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes works, too. Harriet the Spy is pretty cool, though. Yeah. Have you read that book? I have not. Where have you said Nancy Drew? Oh, doy. Harriet the Spy (laughs) is legit, though. All right, moving right along. So again, if you enjoyed that, you can literally just Google would you rather bookish questions and you will find that that long list. We might revisit it in a future episode. Um, So the meat of our discussion today is going to be about little free libraries And I believe Katie did a little bit of research into the history. So what did you want to share with us about that, Kate? I sure did. And I have to say, this was a delightful little afternoon research project. I was like Alice, went down a fun little rabbit hole and got some good information. Julia shared with me three different newspaper articles from her newspaper article article archive that do you have access to that, Julia, as a librarian? Is that a special website? Oh, it's a subscription website, 
that I had access to for a different podcast that I used to used to host. Um, but no, it's a paid subscription. Gotcha. That that specific one. That's not to say that whatever library system that you use could very well have access to a newspaper database. So take a look at your local library's website. Good information. Also, Julia is very humble. Her last podcast is amazing. It's Nostalgia Minute, and you should go listen to it. Well done, Megan. Right. So with the three articles that Julia sent, that led me down some, some other bits of information that I had questions about, so I looked up and did some research on. So to give the the basic overview of what a little free library is and its history, um, it was founded by... Uh, or the first little free library was constructed by a man named Todd Bowl, B-O-L, in 2009. And I was actually surprised at how recent that was, because I, I feel like I've seen them around. But he he actually, um, he's from Wisconsin, Hudson, Wisconsin, and he built his out of a 1920s door, and he constructed it to make it look like a one-room schoolhouse. And he did this as a spiritual gesture to his mother who had passed, and she was a former teacher. So when he saw how much popularity this this brought in his community, a lot of people were really excited about it. It brought community together and promoted literacy. He teamed up with another man named Rick Brooks in 2010 to form the Little Free Library Organization. And Rick Brooks was from University of Wisconsin-Madison, which I am an alumni of, which was kind of a cool little tidbit of information for me. And um, it was kind of interesting. I, I, as I was reading through the different articles that Julia sent, each one of them happened to, to list the number of registered little free libraries there were at the time. So in the first article that was from 2012, it was, it was about a, uh, a very, one of the little free libraries that was founded, and it was in that community. It's from Cedar Rapids Gazette. And that was in 2012. And his little free library was the 1,785th little free library. And at that time, the goal of the organization was to hit 2,510 little free libraries around the world because that was, and the reason for that number was that it was because one more than those that were built than Andrew Carnegie. So Andrew Carnegie of Carnegie Hall. So that led me to look him up because <laughs> I didn't know much about him. Um, Andrew Carnegie was one of the richest Americans in history. He was an industrialist and philanthropist, and he earned his wealth by leading the expansion of the steel industry in the late 1800s. And towards the end of his life, he really focused on his philanthropy, and he had special emphasis on local libraries, world peace, education, and scientific research. So this organization set out to, to honor him by continuing his work and building upon it. And then as I read through the additional uh, articles, there was one from Santa Ana Orange County Register in 2015, which was three years later. So 2012, there were 1,785. 2015, it had grown to 25,000. And then an article in 2018 from Lawrence Journal, Lawrence Journal World, it had grown to 75,000. Holy Toledo. And so that was three years ago. I went on the littlefreelibrary.org website, and they're listing that they're more than 100,000 strong today uh, around the world. 
So I found that really interesting to see. And those how are that just grew. those just are just registered the, regi- ones. the registered ones, right? So I encourage anyone who's interested in this because doing this little exercise that we did and then doing this research has has really kind of inspired me. And I I signed up for a subscription where they can send they'll send you like a startup book on how to start your own little free library. Um, they also have on the website a little free library map where you can put in your zip code. I asked Megan for her zip code earlier because I was planning some sister trips for us when we are able to kind of congregate again because I think it would be kind of fun. Um, when I put in my webs or my zip code, I found that there were 15 little free libraries registered within 10 miles of where I live. Julia has 12 and Megan has eight. So I feel like we could do some day trips because the other place I went to do some research is the place I normally go when I want to learn about something. And that's YouTube. And that was also pretty interesting. Uh, There were a couple of different videos that I watched. I watched a a small handful of them and it seemed like the most, uh, you know, the videos that came up first or the most popular ones are vlog type videos where people are going on tours of little free libraries in their area and, it was interesting to to kind of hear some other people's approach to little free libraries, and we may talk about this a little bit later, but um, it made me start thinking more about, it actually made me think about you, Julia. I know that you are looking to create some additional space where you live <laughs> um, and have accumulated a lot of books. Um, and some of the the people that did the vlog did things like, you know, they started the video with an unhauling, basically listing all the books that they planned to take and leave at little free libraries that they were going to go visit um, and explained why they were going to leave them. And um, they had a very mindful approach that they always wanted to leave more than they took because they felt like they were in a privileged situation to be able to buy books for themselves. Um, also to, you know, create space where they live, but you know, in their home, um, so that they're not accumulating as many books, but they, they each seem to have that goal of leaving more than they took. And I thought that was really interesting. And I thought that would be some fun sister outings for us in the future. Definitely. Thank you, Katie, for that report. That was awesome. Did we give a little blurb at the beginning of what a little free library is in case any of our listeners have never heard of such a thing? Did we do that? I don't think we did. Okay. Well, just in case you have never heard of a little free library, um, if you've ever driven through a neighborhood or walked through a neighborhood and saw a little, looks kind of like a, a large mailbox in the shape of a house. Birdhouse. Or a birdhouse. Yeah, it looks kind of like a birdhouse. And then walked by and saw that there were a bunch of books in it. That was probably a little free library. Some of them say, leave one, take one. Some of them just say, borrow willy-nilly. I don't think they actually say borrow willy-nilly. But, Maybe yours um, will. They should. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe When I Write have it one, it'll say, borrow willy-nilly. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a cute little way for a community to share books, basically. Oh, the other thing I forgot to mention, a couple things that... Um, one of the things I saw on the littlefreelibrary.org in some of the information they have about starting up a little free library is they have the option of actually buying like a prefab kit um, if you're not someone that's handy 
with woodworking or, you know, repurposing things. A lot of people really like to, you know, kind of like Todd Bowl did repurpose things that they already have, whether it be excess materials from a remodel or, you know, our parents have a lot of wood from a, a deck that they dismantled that they've been repurposing to do things with. So things like that, that you can kind of, you know, Re- recycle or reuse materials that you already have, but they also have um, things, ones that you can purchase if you're interested in in starting one up. All right. Um, so what we want to talk about now, each one of us did find a nearby little free library and we each left a book and took a book, right? Katie, did you end up leaving one? I did today. I went to another one. Okay. (laughs) Always the procrastinator. (laughs) No, I went to a different one in my community and I took another book and left one there. But I plan on returning the one that I took back to the original one. I'm not going to keep it. Gotcha. Okay. So do we want to, let's first talk about what book we each left and why. Sound good? It does. All right. Go for it, Joel. All right. So the book I left was actually not purchased by me. It was purchased by Megan. And yes, I did check with her first before I left it. Um, it was called Ghosted and it was written by Rosie Walsh. Um, I left it because I read it. Megan was actually going to donate it a couple years ago and I thought it looked interesting so I kept it a little longer and read it and then kind of saw why she wanted to donate it because it was just kind of meh um but the reason I left it was because it was still in really good condition but it wasn't a book I was ever going to read again so I basically chose it because I thought it would look interesting to somebody else oh okay that makes sense FYI, I did not, I was not able to read that book. I tried several different times and couldn't get through the second chapter, I think. I don't remember why, but that's the thing that's, yeah, yeah, that's the thing that's good about this though. Like taste of, of stories and, and writing and books and things like that is very subjective. So just because you didn't care for it doesn't mean that someone else might not, might not appreciate it. And this is a great way to share It was in good, good condition. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. One person's meh is another person's yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Don't yuck on people's yums. <laughs> <laughs> well, Katie, what book did you leave today? So the book I left today actually is an example of me being ever the procrastinator. It was a book that I purchased for Julia for Christmas couple years ago and was actually a duplicate gift that someone else got for her too (laughs) and I never returned it to Amazon so um, it was a Christmas from a shopaholic I think that's what it's called or a Christmas shop shopaholic Christmas Julia's nodding yeah I have the other one in my closet because Julia loaned it to me do you want me to go check I Um, think it's shopaholic Christmas. Shopaholic Christmas. It's probably faster if we just look it up. Google it. Yeah, probably Google (laughs) it. But it's by Sophie Kinsella. Yes, by Sophie Kinsella. And it's 
completely unread. The the spine has not been opened at all. So it's in very good condition. It's a hardback with the jacket still on it. Um, a lot of people really like those books. And I just Christmas knew that. Christmas Shopaholic. Christmas Shopaholic. And I just knew that I would, if I ever wanted to read it, that there was already another copy with my family. So I felt that that was a good one to share. That, that was my fault. Because I told Megan's fiance to get me that for Christmas and then forgot to take it off of my Amazon wish list. So thanks. Well, it was still my fault that I never returned it. But (laughs) now someone else gets to enjoy it for free. True. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very nice. Megan. Um, so the book that I I okay. I wanted to leave that uh candle maker mystery one that I talked (laughs) about at in our uh, 2020 recap one. Um, but I realized that I had already taken that and left that in my classroom because that there was nothing in it that would make me stop from letting a seventh grader read it. And I don't have a whole lot of mysteries. Other than bad editing? Other than bad editing, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, there was nothing. It was Hallmark Channel worthy. So, like, it, there wasn't any cursing or yeah exactly um so that I wanted to leave that um because I just wanted it out of my sight but it I already had gotten it out of my sight um so the book I ended up leaving because I still had it in my possession was called House Witch by Katie Schickel and um I read this was another Once Upon a Book Club book it was for I believe not I think it was the 2019 Halloween box. And I enjoyed it when I read it, um, but I knew I was never going to want to read it again. And there were some questionable things in it that I wouldn't want to put it in my class library. So I figured I would leave that one. Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. I just figured somebody might like it. Um, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't one that I ever thought I would want to reread which would make me want to keep it. So, yeah. Um, has well, Katie, this doesn't pertain to you because you left it today. But have has have you gone back to see if it got taken, Megan? Every time I walk by, I want to see if it's been taken, and it has not been taken. At least not not as of a couple weeks ago. I haven't gone back. I should. I'm yeah, I'm just gonna ask. It's funny, though, the street that I got, that I visited the Little Free Library on, there is a house across the street, like, two houses down, that also has a Little Free Library. Hmm. And there was absolutely nothing of interest to me in that particular one. It was, like, three copies of what to expect when you're expecting Hmm. some, like, hardcore religious books a random law book I was like oh this is not the one for me (laughs) (laughs) well those are the ones that you go to and take some stuff so that there's more more balanced content within there no but then I have then then I have to figure out what to do with those books yeah you don't but you don't have to take something you can just leave something that's the point oh I had already left I had visited the one first and left my book in there she visited the cool been, one. Yeah. If there had been something <laughs> in there, I would have left the book that I took from the first one 
in there gotcha. and just swap them a little. Oh, yeah, but, but that's yeah. something that you it's, can do. Like you, when we, when and if we have our little sister outings, we would each, you know, have a, you know, a set of books that we're planning to weed from our own personal collections and, you know, planning to visit multiple ones. We can leave, you know, a couple here, a couple there, depending on how many you, you bring with you. Um, and even if you don't take anything, you can, you can leave something. There's no, there's no rule against that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. am hoping at some point that, um, I'll have my own little free library. So I'm going to need some of those books for my little free library. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Very good. But point. definitely, definitely take one, leave one. Yes. If you can, you know, <laughs> like, no, I'm, I'm not saying you, I mean, I'm saying kind of like what I learned from the research and watching the videos is that a lot of these are in place for people that maybe don't have access or transportation to a library or, you know, maybe can't afford to buy new books or have a, have their own collections Some people that visit a little free library, this may be the first book that they ever get to take home and own. Um, so, you know, so that, that, that's yeah. why I leave more than you take. If you're, if you're in that privileged situation. True. And when I went, I was specifically going with the intention of going to this little free library. So, cause typically when we see them, we're just out walking and we don't often right. take books with us when we're walking mm-hmm. other than audio books. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's actually how. Right. No, (laughs) bad idea. Probably a bad idea. Yeah, that's actually how I got the idea for this topic was there's um, and I don't know if we're going to get to this later on in the in the podcast, but it was just kind of walking by in the neighborhood and I didn't have a book to leave. So that's why I didn't leave a book the first time. But I I wanted to I was pretty close to home and I just was inspired to take one. But again, I plan on returning this one and, and potentially adding more to what's there. So, all right, are we ready to talk about what we did take? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Julia, what did you take? Katie's, yeah, was so enthusiastic. I feel like she's going to upstage me. <laughs> um, um, possible. <laughs> I ended up taking, and I was looking, I was going back and forth between two books, and I don't remember what the one that I didn't take was called, but it was about baseball. But when I saw there was one children's book in the little free library that I was at, I was like, that's for me. Um, And it was called Ruby Holler by Sharon Creech. And I recognized the author's name. Um, And I believe she has won the Newbery Award. And if it's not the Newbery Award, it's some prestigious children's award. I think oh. for Walk Two Moons. I think you're right. And yeah. I'm being ridiculous. I have the book right here. I can just look. The only reason I would know if it's Walk Two Moons is because that was the first novel I ever taught on my own in my first year teaching. Sixth Aww. grade class. Yeah, it was a great book. And you are correct, Megan. Um, it is. She won the Newbery Medal for Walk Two Moons. So yeah, I knew I knew that she was going to be a good author. Um, and I'd, I'd never heard of this book before. And again, like the condition of the book was fairly good. I mean, um, it was a little yellowing, but nothing was falling apart or anything. So I didn't feel like grossed out to take it. Um, and are we talking about if we liked the book? Yeah, definitely. Did you like it? I did. Um, 
I just thought it was a really cute story about how love, trust, and compassion can be really transforming in anybody's life. Um, and it's about two, two twins. It's about twins, a brother and a sister who just have had a really rough time growing up and, um, they end up getting taken in by a kind of eccentric older married couple. And it's just, it's sweet to see how they kind of come together and form a family. And it was very cute. Um, and I felt pretty confident in my pick because when I was finishing my walk, I was holding the book. I was walking in kind of a downtown area and, uh, a mom stopped me and was like, that's a great book. So I was like, perfect. Aww. I wonder if she left it. <laughs> that Could leads be. me. Yeah. That leads me to my next question. If you, I know you, you, you know, you don't know, but if you had to make a guess, how do you think that book ended up in a little free library? And I did think about this. This particular book um, was released in 2002. So it's coming up on 20 years old. I think it was left by uh, an empty nester parent that was looking to do something interesting with their kids' old books. That's my very, guess. That's very plausible. Yep. Kate, I thought what, what, I thought you were getting ready to solve a clue mystery there. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled out her magnifying glass. <laughs> it was the parent in the conservatory with the book. <laughs> I apologize. Katie, <laughs> what did you pick from your little free library? So to set the stage, this was um, this is a, a house that this little free library is in front of a house that's very um, close to my home in my neighborhood where I go on my normal walking routes. And I had my dog with me and it was just a lovely day. And there's something about if you have never experienced a little free library or walked by one, there's just something about it that can't help but make you stop and smile. And it's a little bit whimsical. A little bit special and magical. And this house, Megan, you've walked by this house with me before when you stayed with me for a brief time. And the woman that lives there is just very, very kind and generous. During the the spring and summer months, she has a big shelf out where she gives out free fruit that she grows in her garden she she makes what she calls positivity beads that she sells and just leaves out there and she just asks for 50 cents for them. Um, but she's not out there policing that, obviously. So <laughs> she's probably realizes people are just going to take them. I have not done that. I made sure that I put 50 cents in my pocket to take for the next time I go over there, but they haven't been out there since it got cold and I'm thinking they'll be out there again now, now that it's warm. But um so I was walking by and thinking about our show. Um, I think we had just recorded recently and I saw this little free library and had that same whimsical feeling that I get whenever I walk by one. And I was like, oh, this would be a great idea for a show to talk about with Julie and Megan. And so I opened it up and and went to pick one. And the one that stood out to me, I had no reason to take it other than it looked adorable and I had my dog with me. And it's called Notes from a Liar and Her Dog. And it's by Jennifer Choldenko. And 
Jennifer Cholenko also has won a Newbery Award medal, not for this book, but in 2005 for Al Capone Does My Shirts. So I'm going to put that on my, you guys know that book? I've heard of it, but I've never read it. I think it's a series. I haven't read it either, but it's it's still very popular and gets checked out all the time, which is why I haven't read it, because it's never on the shelf when I'm looking for it. <laughs> well, I'm going to put it on my my want to read list on, on Goodreads. So just because I, I really enjoyed this book, um, she it's about a, a girl who she's a she's one of three sisters and she feels very misunderstood by her family. So the reference in the in the title notes from a liar and her dog uh, refers to the, this book of notes that she keeps writing to who she calls her real parents because she swears her parents aren't her parents because they just they don't understand her. Um, she feels very left out. She feels very much like her other two sisters are preferred over her by her parents. They're both into ballet and performing. And so this this story made me think a little bit of Julia, not in the sense that she was ever not preferred by our parents, but more so just the the story is very much told from the perspective of the little girl. Her name's Antonia. And she um, she just feels misunderstood. And I think that that's a, a, a very universal feeling of the middle child sometimes, um, because a lot of attention tends to go to the oldest child and then the youngest child. And I, I think that that's just kind of a theme for, for middle children. So it made, it just made me think of Julia a little bit, just hearing the way she, she kind of felt about her place in her family. Um, but it's actually a book I'd, I'd love for both of you to read. I couldn't, I really couldn't put it down. Uh, this little girl is uh, very, very attached to her little dog who her mother does not really care for. And it's a really old dog that she has to take to the vet a lot. <laughs> and her mom doesn't really support that. Um, so yeah, a, a lot of the, the book, you're actually kind of upset with the parents and her situation, but it's, it's, written very well and it's very insightful I think into kind of the mind of a child and the way that they might react to to things um, so I really enjoyed it and to answer the other question Megan I actually am cheating a little bit I'm not cheating but I have clues in this book as to why it was left in the little free library so also very close by that house that I walk by is an elementary school called Leggett and the on the inside of the the cover, it has a Leggett School Library stamp and also a discard stamp. So I'm wondering if the woman that lives there maybe used to be a teacher there. Oh, very. Or possible. just someone, or just someone in the in the neighborhood, um, you know, who maybe works at the school, wanted to give this book a little more life rather than having it go to a landfill somewhere, which I think is also a wonderful thing for the thing that uh, little free libraries do. Yeah, definitely. Fascinating. Yes. Your turn, Megan. Okay. So I had a little bit of a false start with mine. I first, when I left Housewitch, I took the book called A Spot of Bother by Mark Haddon. And um, Mark Haddon also wrote The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. I believe that's the title. Um and I didn't realize that when I took the book, but if I had, I probably wouldn't have taken this book because I couldn't get through that book. 
um, because I didn't like the way the guy writes. And interestingly enough, I never look at Goodreads reviews before I read a book. And I don't know why, but I did for this one. And the top review for this book was the most seething rant. Like, it sounded like somebody, like, I, I can't even... It was just the most seething rant that went on for a solid, like, four paragraphs. Like, it was an essay. This person and was very put out that they put any time into reading this book is what it seemed like. He they, sent it over to us. Yes, they really were. And my favorite part about that, though, was there was, like, several comments on it. And most of them were like, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Um, but a couple comments down, there was just one from some guy and he just wrote, why are you mad, bro? <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> but, um, I think that reading that review might have impacted me a little bit, but I don't think I would have been able to finish it anyway. I read the first like four chapters and just after the first four chapters, I couldn't even tell you the guy the main character's first name um so that tells you how interested in it i was because i'm sure he actually told us his name but i couldn't remember it so i made it a point to walk back to that little free library with that book and i returned it (laughs) so that book's still there um and i picked up a book that It was not there the first time that I went because had it been there, I would have taken it because I had heard of this book and thought I would want to read it at some point. But I took the book Girl, Wash Your Face by Rachel Hollis. Um, And it's an inspirational book um, about... uh, So Rachel Hollis is a... She was first known as a celebrity party planner but then she became you know a content creator she's an influencer Um, and I had never really heard of her before reading this book but I had heard of the book so how that happened I don't know but um, I enjoyed the book I wouldn't really say that it was um, a self-help book because she didn't really give any steps to do anything to change your life other than finding a way to, you know, shift your mindset. But I would say that it was pretty inspiring. Um, and it was it was definitely fun to read. She's very funny. She's great at telling stories. She told a lot of personal anecdotes. Um, and I, I enjoyed it. Um, if I had to guess why it ended up in the Little Free Library... I would guess that it's because, um, so she has this whole, she has a chapter in there. Her parents divorced when she was a kid and she has a chapter talking about how absolutely horrible it was. And then I found out that she got divorced in 2020. So I have a feeling that whoever read this book held her and her marriage in high regard. And when they, didn't make it through the pandemic together. I I just feel like they kind of went and put the book in the little free library. So I enjoyed the book though. That's some good sleuthing too. Hey, I like, I like the conclusions that were drawn there. That's interesting. Yeah. All right, so do we want to talk about what we've been reading recently and what we're planning to read in the near future? Absolutely. 
All right, Julia, go for it. I recently have finished a few books. Um, I listened to a new biography about Cary Grant. It's called Cary Grant, A Brilliant Disguise by Scott Eyman. And I just, I think I've spoken about this in other episodes, but I just really enjoy listening and reading biographies about, um, like, old Hollywood stars. I find that very fascinating. Um, I also read The Push by Ashley Audrain, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I will say if you are thinking about wanting to start a family and have children, um, don't pick this one up right yet because it's not going to make you want kids. Um, but I did enjoy it. Uh, and I also read Perestroika in Paris by Jane Smiley. And that one was cute. It's about a horse and a dog in Paris. And Doesn't get better than that. No. <laughs> and I, I find myself... I'm surprised at how much I, I miss being in Paris, considering I've only been there once, and it was for, like, three days, so. You've got the travel bug. Just for Paris, though. <laughs> well, I mean, if we, you saw other cities. We didn't even scratch cities. the surface. <laughs> Plus, they have a Disneyland. Uh, that makes sense. All right. Kate? Katie? All right. So, I actually read a lot more than I realized when I look back at my Goodreads since the last time that we met. A lot of this has to do with leaning heavily on Audible and listening to audiobooks. But one of the books that I read, and actually a lot of nonfiction, our nonfiction episode kind of inspired me in that direction as well. So the first one that I got through was Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. And I definitely recommend that one as, um, you know, just something that's inspiring to to know and understand that um, the key to success is something that can be learned. It's not it's not all about um, inherent skills. Grit is something that it's it's a, it can be taught and can be a learned skill. It was the, my main takeaway from that one. So there's a lot of good information in that book. I also read Training Your Pitbull by Joe. Stalkupi. I'm not sure how to say his last name. It's S-T-A-H-L-K-U-P-P-E. And that also had a lot of good information in there. It's a, um, I, my husband and I rescued a pit bull back in December and he's been, it's, it's my first dog I've ever had. So I've needed some guidance on how to, um, ensure that we're, we're teaching him the right things and in the right ways. So it's, that's been a lot of good information. I also listened to another nonfiction book called Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. And this one was really interesting. I heard the author speaking to someone on a podcast that I was listening to, and they were specifically talking to her because the the timing of this book was just very interesting in that with COVID-19, it almost feels like the whole world has kind of been hibernating at the same time. <laughs> Um, and not out and doing things together as we normally would. Um, it just was kind of a coincidence that this book came out around the same time that all this was going on. But it's a lot about, um, you know, <clears throat> her own life and experiences that she has had where she's needed to kind of step away from 
her work and her social life to make sure that her health was where it needed to be. And she started to to feel <clears throat> guilty about stepping away from those things. And that made her think about how our society puts a lot of pressure on us to to always be super productive and people wind up wind up getting burnout. And then that led her to do some other research on, um, you know, different cultures that truly experience such harsh winters that the people have to really prepare for them, kind of hunker down over the winter. They can't go out and do things. So winter in some places is very different than like where we live in California. Um, and she also looked into some animals that, that hibernate and talked about them as well. So it was kind of like a catch-all book of a lot of different things that just was very interesting to listen to and was an interesting perspective. I also read Wolf Walkers, the graphic novel by the creator is Tom Moore. And I read that for the comic book club that Julie and I are a part of affiliated with Zeppelin Comics. And um, that is a adaptation of a movie that can be found on um, Apple, Apple TV, Apple Plus, I think it's Apple TV. Um, so you can find the, the animated movie there. And this book was adapted from that by the same creator. I also listened to a couple other books. One was called Start With Why, How Great Leaders Inspire Everyone to Take Action by Simon Simic. And that was very informational for me as a, a manager um, and a leader within the organization that I work for. Uh, and it talks a lot about how understanding the purpose behind what you're doing is very tied to the human brain. So it, it makes you much more inspired to, um, you know, to, to really put your heart and soul into your work and to be loyal to a company, both as an employee and as a consumer. If you're, um, you know, someone that is, is really tied to a brand, you realize how sometimes the, the reasons that you choose them over other brands is emotional, not necessarily because the things they offer are any different or any better, but because the, the brand is very much something that you identify with. So that was an interesting book. Um, and then I just finished up The Radical King by Martin Luther King. And this was actually a really good listen because it's um, it's a collection of a lot of his different essays and speeches, and it's all of them are read by uh, by different uh, black actors and artists. So it's it's a really good listen on Audible, very inspiring and moving to to hear his words. Um, and that's it. And then notes from a liar and her dog was I just finished that one today, which was from the Little Free Library. You uh, procrastinator. <laughs> But I was almost done with it, and it's a really quick read, so I wasn't worried about getting it done. And that's it for me. That was quite a list, Kate. I'm impressed. Thank you. No, don't you guys are still both beating me on the, the Goodreads challenge. Well, it's okay. Um, so I since we last talked, I have read a, um, several books and listened to several other ones. Um, in addition to Girl, Wash Your Face, um, I also read Eight Days on Planet Earth by Kat Jordan, um, which is a YA book that I will not be putting in my class library because unfortunately in the first chapter there is some pretty heavy drug use. And it's disappointing to me because it didn't continue throughout the book. Like it didn't end up being a purposeful plot point. So it's like, Why'd you have to why'd you have to go and put that in? Because I could have very easily put this in my classroom library if it weren't for that. So it might be coming to a little free library near me somewhere. 
soon unless you guys are interested in reading it. But it's about a kid who's um, I say kid. He's a senior in high school, I believe. Um, His family lives on a farm. And when his father was born, like the night his father was born, it was claimed that an alien UFO crashed in the field next to their house. Um, So his dad was kind of like a uh, person that star trek people would come to to see basically because he was the kid who was born next to the crash site um but so it's basically the kid the main character wakes up one day and sees a girl out in the field and he goes and talks to her and she claims to be an alien so it's the rest of the book is him figuring out what's what her story is um then i also listened to two books on libby which i'm still loving the libby app one was the clean getaway by nick stone which is about um, an african-american boy who goes on a road trip with his white grandmother um through the south um and basically he learns a lot more about his heritage and his African-American grandfather who he didn't know much about in the past. And that one was a fun listen. Um, and then the other one that I listened to, which I just finished today, was Mitch and Amy by Beverly Cleary. Um, I started listening to that one because Beverly Cleary just recently passed away. And I realized I don't think I've ever actually read a book by her. So I wanted to. But yeah, I wanted to um, listen to something written by Beverly Cleary, and I listened to Mitch and Amy, which was super fun. It's about a set of twins, a boy and a girl, um, and they're just kind of getting through the fourth grade together, navigating bullies and difficulty reading and difficulty with math and all that type of stuff. So it's fun and cute. And um not really conducive to trying to shatter gender norms, but other than that, it was super fun. So next month, we're going to be reading the story, The Yellow Wallpaper. And that's written by Charlotte Perkins Gilman. Thank you. Um, And we'll be discussing that one together. So if you have never read it or just want to reread it, uh, it is a short story, so not a super time commitment there. Um, But that's what we're going to be talking about next month. And until then, read, share, and repeat. Bye-bye. Bye now. That brings us to a close on this chapter of Sibling Library. Thank you for listening. Until next time, let's read, share, and repeat.